Hi, I'm Bryce. And I'm Jimmy. We're telecom and creative professionals. We're also fans of podcasting as our respective careers give us an abundance of windshield time. While there is a podcast for just about any obscure topic you can think of, there was no regular podcast pertaining to Montana politics. And that is why with our combined powers, we are Montana Voices Podcast. We strive to be an independent voice for all issues pertaining to Montanans and Montana politics. We also strive to be very forthcoming with our personal biases as we attempt to see beyond them. Montana Voices Podcast does not operate in a vacuum. We need your support. Whether that be listening to our cast, providing us feedback, sending us conversation topics, sharing our content, or providing financial support. We look forward to a long career in podcasting with your added assistance. Welcome to newest episode 24 of Time to Be Alive, Bryce. It is. It's great to be here. Uh, coming at you a little bit later than what we'd like to. Had a little bit of issues with my uh, living situation here. Not with where I'm living at, but more of the uh, melt, I guess you could call it, from the snow. Yeah, you've got one of those metal roofs that does the ice dam thing, right? Yeah, the ice dam thing's been kind of a pain in the ass. And then on top, or I guess beneath that, uh, I had to get a new sump pump, so I've been trying to get that put in. And so, yeah, it's just a bit of a pain in the ass, but uh, it's all part of living on county land. But the benefit of that is I don't have to pay them county taxes. Like county taxes? Um, so or, there's city sorry, property taxes? City taxes right? are the ones that I don't have to pay. Uh, yep. Uh, well, they, they don't represent you, so no taxation without representation there. Uh, you know, it is melting. It is a, uh, a lake there. And I, you know, at first I thought, because uh, I was seeing a lot of complaints about, you know, the Great Falls plowing situation or, or lack thereof and how you can't drive through any side streets. And I, I just thought it was the regular Great Falls complaint factory of people complaining and not offering any solutions. Um, but then I went there and I got stuck just about everywhere I parked our van. So uh, I think your complaints might have been valid there. Yeah, uh, usually it doesn't suck so much, but this time around it really sucked trying to get anywhere after that first couple of snows, you know. So you could uh, definitely use a different plan. I don't know what it's going to be because, I mean, to an extent... I I felt like I the snow plows were out all the time. I was always seeing them. It's just there was a, like a ton of snow. It felt like. Well, it's sort of a, a losing battle, I guess. Uh, uh, Missoula streets uh, they're better maintained for snow. I found so they actually take out and they have got dump trucks and uh, bobcats, skid steers that they drive around and and actually you know physically remove the snow, especially from the downtown areas. Because um, before you before they do that, it's like a five foot berm. And inevitably, some guy in a truck gets stuck there because he truck. Yeah, <laughs> I can make it through this. Just watch me. Yeah. Then they're just right in the very top of it. And people are annoyed because they have to move several feet to the left. But, of course. Hey, asshole, I'm trying to get to my job, you know, or lack of. Yeah. we got places to go. We're not. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, much better for the uh, snow removal. But uh I don't know if that contributes to road damage because the roads here are terrible. Uh, there's, you know, potholes that uh, can house a family of five. So I, I've had some like, car damage as a result of that. I feel like our potholes here have gotten, or at least are starting to get a little bit worse now that the snow is starting to melt and things are, you know, starting to sink in a bit. I'm starting to see more potholes develop where they were not. So... 
I think now, it's just an overall environmental issue here. Yeah, um, it, it, I feel like could, it'd be a bigger issue for you guys, though, because your area's a lot more cramped. Yeah, cramped and uh, a lot more people around. So uh, every time uh, you know you damage your car on the road and it's not exactly your fault, such as a pothole, um, somebody always brings up, well, you can send a, a bill to the county and they'll, they'll pick up the tab to fix your car. And uh, I keep on hearing that, and you know, I sort of never even looked into it because I take personal responsibility very seriously. But uh, I, I don't know if there's any truth to that. Have you heard of that? I have a feeling that'd be something that would go unaddressed for a while. And then, um, <laughs> how are you going to prove that in court? Yeah, well, you have to interrogate the pothole for sure. Uh, you would almost at that point have to, um, like, have a dash cam on when you hit it that showed that that was th what caused all the damage to it. And at that point, I'm sure they're going to dispute that you could have swerved the pothole uh, even though the, you're just saying that the pothole shouldn't have been there in the first place, um, they're going to come back with, well, we're trying to fix all of them. We can't fix them immediately, though we're not perfect, at which point you're probably going to lose any kind of court case. So I don't think that you're like, there's so much stuff the county's got to pay for to begin with. Like, really, you want them to like pay out for that, too? Just you know, but, drive well, carefully. Sort of how I felt. I mean, it was um, each time. I've got two vehicles that were damaged. Uh, I lost some exhaust on one and then two rims and two sets of tires on another one ended up having to buy all four so an expensive venture for sure but you know it's the risk you take basically yeah, so i can't is. blame the county for that uh but that reminds me uh this is sort of a great fall story it wasn't mike smart but it was another uh disgraced judge over there um elected judge who um successfully avoided a DUI um, because he was driving down 10th uh, supposedly he was avoiding potholes which is why he was swerving all over the place you have to look up which judge that was because this was uh, over a decade ago But uh, is this I, how we got the third lane on 10th <laughs> I think he actually might have gotten out of his DUI that way it wasn't a just spot I mean obviously anybody can see that you're avoiding potholes uh, across the width of 10th Avenue with 2 a.m. So, <laughs> I mean, they're just coming out of nowhere here. Gotta, gotta swerve them, gotta miss them. So, geez. Anyways, well, moving on here. Let's uh, get into a review and uh, quite a few things uh, we discussed in episode 23. Uh, of course, Crypto Coal, and there's an update to that. Uh, before we run into it, let's uh, do that at the end of our review and we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, of course, the Medicare expansion debate. Um, there are some accusations of a mismanagement in family services, specifically out of Kalispell. The uh, Boot podcast from Montana Public Radio, which I'm looking forward to seeing. I've only seen you know, clips, and I'm still not sure how they're going to do it if this is an entirely new cast. Because um, Montana Public Radio, of course, has brought up Butte uh, in excess almost. Uh, so they have quite a bit of old content they can pull from. So I'm interested to see what they actually come up with. Uh, more news on the Harden plant. Uh, we're draining the pit. Uh, me and you disagreed on seatbelts. Uh, we, uh, one of our main complaints, we agreed too much in the echo chamber, but not last episode. And we're taking on the big cell companies. So, uh, move back to that uh, crypto coal, which was the first one. On uh, an update to, to this one, uh, we had spent talked in length about how the PSC had no comment, and none of the members had any comment on 
the proposed uh, sort of buyout for Northwestern Energy into Coal Strip or for the most of the rest of the plants there. Um, but now they have come out with a comment, and it's not the one that we thought we would get from the PSC. I mean, typically, I mean, do cops ever support anything that limits what they can do? That uh, says give some more restrictions and such? Uh, they do not. So the PSC has come out in support of this bill, the bill that reduces their oversight of Northwestern Energy, which I can't make any sense of that. Uh, who's getting paid for this? Well, somebody's getting paid, it feels like. <laughs> uh, this is weird. I don't know. It, it feels odd to me. Not only does it feel odd, but the PSC staff, their staff, put out a statement that says, we should not support this. So the people that are you know, paid by the Public Service Commission members to... Do their work for him and said this is a bad idea we should make a statement you know and the bosses are pretty much like no no chill everyone this is fine this is this is cool they're, they're all right yeah that's sort of what it feels like which also makes little sense i i can't uh understand why the psc would support this at all um i think this is going to become something really big yeah, it could. Uh, vote them out. Uh, they're, they're not the same PSC they were under chairman of the board, Travis Cavula, who is... Uh, the chairman of the board. He, still my chairman. Not my PSC. We'll, we'll go for that. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of disappointed in the PSC. And, of course, they are elected officials. Um, so you can reach directly out to them to their offices to voice uh, your opinions on this matter and see if you can sway them one way or another. And, you know, I'm not sure um, how much uh, dark money, you know, a phone call or an email to your elected official offsets. But uh, it almost feels, I don't want to make the accusation, but something feels a bit shady here. Either there's something that we are overlooking and don't understand and we're just so in the dark or there's something nefarious. Yeah, um, you know, I'm, I don't know. I, I, we're going to have to see how this plays out, I guess. If my bill starts climbing up, I'm going to be really pissed off. Well, it could, because conceivably, Northwestern Energy could buy the plant, and there's a lot of cleanup costs. That's one of the things, the big concerns of this bill, is if they take more ownership of the plant, they also take more responsibility for the cleanup of the coal ash ponds or whatever natural disaster, soon to be a super fun site, they have going on there. And... Northwestern Energy could conceivably um, decide or be forced to, you know, shut the plant production down, in which case they would have to immediately start legally um, to clean up the mess. Hmm. So they're taking all the obligation of the mess. And so um, the argument against this sort of is that, you know, Northwestern Energy, since it can pass on that risk directly to us, the ratepayers, over a 30-year period, so to speak, uh, I think they estimated at a couple hundred dollars a year or so or even up to 700 some estimates there's a few different numbers out there but since they can pass that cost on that they do not have the incentive to make sort of a smart business decision also don't have incentive to keep the plan open so if there's no risk i mean you know what do they care they can you know do what they want and i don't know make a playground out of a <laughs> coal turbine so yeah i guess if we're gonna deregulate here we might as well yeah, might as well. Uh, Getting you know, some we'll new back. ventures there, you know, 
coal's a uh, the war on coal is over, so we might as well put those turbines to uses uh, in a new industry. So I, I don't know. Maybe we could start up a a playground in industry in coal strip. Maybe like you're saying. Maybe. Well, there's also speculation that this is sort of a step into them opening or running on a different facility. It can't. I guess. Th- it's a completely different facility. Like coal strip cannot be reused for anything other than coal, but a natural gas generation plant in the area. So this could be a you know business segue for Northwestern Energy, but uh, also that uh, risk factor is still there. So as far as deregulation, something else will I guess debate here. Um, you know I'm I'm sort of on the fence on it. The like I said, the libertarian side of me wants to be. Absolutely all for 100% deregulation, um, but we uh, live in an area of monopoly, of a legalized, ma- legally mandated monopoly in Montana. So you, you know, it's sort of a, you know, <laughs> government doing more things, they legally mandate this monopoly, it becomes the, the local monopoly, and then they are forced to regulate it because of, you know, legislation and policies they took. So Yeah, no, if it's uh, any public utilities, I think should still have regulations on them because it's in fact a public utility at that point so why wouldn't it be uh, subject to public restriction yep yep uh you know that's that's sort of the debate uh i mean conceivably it's although true true economists and true libertarians might argue that even in a monopoly that there's you know still internal competition you still get the best rates so uh you don't need you know rate sets and rate hikes and etc so um i've never been able to get my head around that i had an economics professor that argued that tooth and nail and tried to beat it into us but it just never made sense to me so i did pass that class too so (laughs) that's good yeah so yeah i don't know well well let's uh we'll keep you guys updated as that unfolds um, there, of course, was a bill that got tabled at the request of the author and the uh, new ones going through that addressed some of the concerns people had. So your guys' input uh, to your elected officials is having an effect. So um, move on to Trey Gowdy, who both me and you missed in Great Falls. Indeed. Um, I don't, I mean, I knew he was coming. I just didn't bother to sign up to go. Tickets were not cheap. Yeah, how much were those? Uh, I believe triple figures, at least. I could be wrong. Really? On I don't know. It was a banquet for the Christian school, so who who better to show up to talk about the Lord than uh, one Trey Gowdy? Yeah, it's a a good point. I mean, I, I sort of try to separate you know politics and religion, and and equally as aggressive in in either topic. But uh, Trey Gowdy just. Uh, I, I don't know if he does lip service to tr- the Christians or if it's really his thing, but he uh, uh, apparently he's their great savior, and they they prayed for him. There was all sorts of a a big thing. It, it feels like a lot of people were very excited to see Trey Gowdy, who talked about unity. Yeah, as far as I understand, I've been not able to find a YouTube video or or any other content on this, and I've asked people. Apparently, it is not available. If I wanted to see Trey Gowdy, I needed to pay. <laughs> Pay the cover cost. Yeah, I I feel like somebody's got it recorded and they just don't want to release it there. But uh, I'm wondering, though, if he... Uh, 
I'm trying to find it here now. Somebody put up a quote that I know that he said during it. So let me see if I can just dig around and find it here real quick. Don't take me but maybe a moment. Sorry about the clicking noises here. Uh, we run at the speed of uh, network here, Bryce. We, we can't have these holdups. <laughs> We're all edited out. Uh, it's on an AOL connection here, you know. Oh, the dial-up, so... <laughs> right okay here we go here uh, what would you choose freedom or truth diversity or unity it, it it's, sounds like a Trey Gowdy quote he's uh I was gonna say it's very uh, like a, it sounds like a two-sided street there with a lot of circumstance and scenario based uh, differences you know or variables I guess yeah, um, of course, he did not run for re-election this year. Uh, maybe he's looking to come to Montana and <laughs> actually try to represent us. Uh, but what will he do? I mean, the Hillary investigations are done. Uh, what else could he do? Oh, that's what I was wondering, too. I asked a few people. Um, it, we, a couple of my family members were going, and I uh, tried to ask them, you know, be sure to say... Uh, if he asks for questions or anything, make sure that you mention them, those emails that get him really riled up. And uh, it sounds like they didn't get a chance to really talk to him much. I think that he only gave a quick, you know, head nod or, uh, you know, touch of the hand to those who uh, paid for just a measly ticket and kept most of his time for those who really shelled out the big bucks to see him, you know. Uh, those important people, the, the, the balcony seats, they are. Balcony seats. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, fancy establishment. VIPs. Yeah. So he. Uh, you know, I, I saw quite a few, quite a few friends. Uh, I have went and saw him. Um, well, we don't have the content on it other than what uh, they told us here. So, Trigouty not moving to Montana, but people that are, we a new bill going through to try to fight uh, brain drain. Um, it would offer cash and tax incentive for college grads to move to counties with less than 15,000 people. It's in its first committee meeting, and it's uh, looking up, so that'll be interesting. It's something we've talked about on the cast before of people leaving, and I think we covered it uh, in length in planes, trains, automobiles when we were discussing uh, the lack of airports was limiting uh, those rich people from moving here. Yeah, this would be pretty cool to see. Uh Perhaps they could use these kind of incentives to pay off those student loans that are crippling and uh, keeping them from, you know, keeping a living wage within the state, especially in like the Bozeman area. Oh, well, yeah, Bozeman. Bozeman has more than 15,000 people, so not Bozeman, um, which sort of. Oh, I guess I'm I apologize. That's less than 15,000. So like that's you're talking areas like Scobie and your Plenty Woods. Are we up? We'll have to look up the stats on these. Um, they might. You might have to get more remote for this, uh, like uh, uh, Noxon and <laughs> and Yak way up in the middle of nowhere. So uh, yeah, uh, yeah. You might have to <laughs> get more remote. But what are they going to do when they get there? Is sort of the <laughs> we question. We must go deeper in the state. <laughs> yeah, obviously, even towns like Shelby are excluded. Uh, I think. Uh, Shelby proper had over 10,000. So 
Yeah, I don't I don't know. What are they going to do when they, you move them to the middle of nowhere? You expect them to, you know, telecommute or etc. Um that may not be an option depending on uh internet options out there. So which is improving. We've discussed that in other casts as well. Yeah, indeed. Jeez. Well, what are the populations for all the towns in Montana in that regard? You know, we'll have to update this on a another cast here when we get more info. Because mm. I just thought of it when we were going over it. So, we'll, we'll get to it. Uh, but, uh, we'll move on to what the Gov wants in his budget. Uh, I think uh, Bullock is asking for $160 million, uh, to do some infrastructure. Um, but the Republicans are shrewd negotiators, as you know, and they won't budge on anything over half. Absolutely not anything with uh, Bullock's name on it. It is probably bad, so we're not even going to read it. Just uh, no. Sign the Republicans. I mean, the the party of no, that, that's sort of the polarization that everybody dislikes about you know, politics, but yeah, they'll come up with a budget. I mean, when Bullock put out 160 million, he had to know that Republicans were going to scoff at that and tell him he can have two. <laughs> Basically, I've, uh, there's probably less than half of that available to him with the numbers that he's already put together. And he's just thrown a loaded report at him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, when you go to the car dealership, uh, you know they're asking too much. So yeah, you, you gotta always break them down. Them they down. don't. Yeah, they don't respect you if you don't. So uh, you uh, you have to be ready to walk away, and if you do walk away, don't feel bad about it. So Bullock was also on. Uh, I know we said we wouldn't mention these, and it's sort of been a running joke for us. But Montana Free Press, uh, they are a uh, we're not journalists, so they're not competitors to us. Um, but we joke about not mentioning them because they also have a Montana politics podcast, which they started after we started ours. So, I mean, they, they changed the idea just enough so we couldn't sue them for copyright. But they <laughs> are running it. And they have, uh, they're, I think, in a different realm than us. So we're not, not competing with them. But they had Bullock on this last time. Ah, so yeah, you know, got an hour of Bullock. They seem to use their journalistic, you know, connections to uh, reach out and get much better hosts than we have had, um, which is really any. Oh wait, no, we had we had one guest on, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Uh, yeah, that um, guy. <laughs> so no one sent them. We'll spook you a little bit if he wants to come back. Well, Christ, we'll anyone him. for fuck's sake, just like. Anybody can come on and, and, you know, have an opinion. But these guys seem to have a, a much better reach being that they're journalists full-time. And so and they can get more people on. Whereas I think we have a much more smoother operation to ours, I'll say. It's, uh, we're definitely more ad-lib. And also, with neither of us working within politics or within journalism... We are complete outsiders to this, so this is, really is the sort of, uh, you know, layman's, you know, podcast on politics as opposed to, you know, your formal one. Because I've listened to the their podcast, and even as somebody who, um, I, I think both me and you are probably more educated on Montana politics than most Montanans, simply because of us doing this cast and, and our education on the subject, but... Uh, I listen to their cast, and there are sometimes when they, they talk about a procedure or, or 
or, or whatnot, and I get a little lost. So they're definitely more formal. They get better hosts, and we're on the outside. And that's sort of, uh, you know, the argument, uh, and, and sort of where the media is going away from these mainstream sources. Not that, of course, Montana Free Press is mainstream, but they are career journalists, we'll say. So. But luckily, we don't have to hold ourselves to that standard. Or maybe I'm pulling the, uh, was it the John Stewart here? Uh, I don't know if you remember back in the 2000s where uh, sort of the Daily Show was emerging as a news source for some reason. <laughs> People preferred to get their news from the Daily Show. He's than, a comedian. You know, yeah, he's a comedian. And, uh, you know, he would go on and go on shows and have to defend that. It's like, well, you're not, you know, going by normal journalistic standards and he's like well i'm not a journalist so <laughs> it kind of feels like that that we don't have to we do try to be accurate every attempt is made to be accurate and if we are inaccurate we will let you know or you let us know and then we will inform everybody else call but, us out for being wrong just please for god's sakes the email address we tell you at the end of every episode yep uh you know some feedback and as far as getting other hosts on i mean I guess it takes a different kind of person from to actually put your you know voice forward. It's a, a completely different thing. Um, so uh, people get nervous. We had a few people that uh, you know were interested. Uh, also, laymen such as us who sort of backed out after hearing the cast and what we do. And I'm still not sure what to make of that though. So yeah, it's uh, it's a weird thing. Uh, <laughs> Well, geez, anybody, come on. Let's move on, though. Yeah, let's move on to what can uh, help us uh, with some of our troubles here. Recreational weed um, that very well could be coming to the ballot this uh, this fall. So, well, we'll see how we're we're, we're pulling to Colorado. Indeed, it would make us a lot of cash. You know, it could and it puts uh, drug, you know, facetious drug dealers out of business as well you can go down to your local gas station or or wherever uh wherever fine green products are sold and i would argue that every drug should be legalized and it's not because i like drugs i think we've had that debate uh before um it uh, forcibly so, legitimizes them legitimizes the uh the dealers the, or illegitimizes the oh that um well, I, well, to an extent, you know, I mean, at that point, it's like, well, you don't then then you get nailed for not having a license to sell as opposed to yeah, just you got to like, get licensed. Uh, yeah. Or however sort the of the, gonna do it. Uh, that was sort of the thing where because uh, when we had uh, not recreational, but medicinal marijuana the first time around um, and all these uh, people that were your conventional neighborhood drug dealers uh, were the ones uh, I think that some of those guys that were probably not the best representation of what you wanted out there got in the business. Certainly they were good actors, but some of them, and then they just kept on, you know, acting like thugs because that's all they knew. And that sort of put a lot of people off. So you had the aggressive weed people that uh, people didn't really like. So, and that's why we had a, we sort of went backwards on that and we, I guess repealed it at one point and then brought back a medicinal again. So, yeah, at least in great falls, I know that a, couple of the you know quote unquote companies uh definitely seemed like they were uh, a bunch of no-gooders and you know that point was then later proven by you know raids by the district attorney and such like that 
But um, uh, yeah, they kicked it off because people could just sign up. Like I believe, in order to become a provider, all that had to happen is when somebody signed up for a medical card, they just had to list you as their provider on the back of the form, and then boom, you were a provider. Well, that that seems like a pretty low bar. We weren't charging a fee for this for licensing. Oh no, there was we, a huge fee. It was ridiculous oh, expensive. Good, good. It was in the triple figures, but really, it was. Um, yeah, it. <laughs> There were a lot of holes, and the whole thing was just set up like basic. <laughs> it was it, the whole original bill and stuff. The way that everything operated, it just felt like it was written and maintained by a bunch of people that just did nothing but smoked weed. Uh, you know, the weed people. The, uh, yeah, I don't know if you heard, but it cures every ailment. Oh my god! I, I'll never forget the one guy that ran like the Montana Cannabis Network, or whatever the hell it was called. He was this huge advocate, but he looked like Moby. He had like a shaved head, and he was an advocate for medical marijuana and it, you know, healing his pain to the point where he had to smoke it all the time. So everywhere he went, he would take. You know, not only is weed, but he would take like a volcano vaporizer. I don't know if you know what that is, but for our listeners, the volcano vaporizer is like uh, this like metal. I mean, it looks almost like a crock pot, I guess, but it, it's got a volcano like cone shape on the top. And he puts this bag on top and the bag is huge. It's like a massive plastic bag and it fills up with weed smoke or vape smoke or whatever the fuck it is and he just takes massive draws off of that and he would do this shit in public like i remember uh, at a rally he like did it on the civic center steps oh my goodness and then i, I know this guy if i recall <laughs> he, <laughs> that was a story if i recall he like took it or he either did or he tried to take it onto an airplane and i'm pretty sure sure he got arrested because I've not heard about the guy since, but I remember for a while there, he was popping up on KRTV all the time for the stupid, crazy shit he was doing. So, speaking of his stupid, crazy shit, um, this is about the time when the first wave of medicinal marijuana came out. I was working uh, at the Quality Inn, now the formerly Ponderosa, now Quality, now I think in Econo Lodge. It just sort of keeps on going downhill. Um, this is the one across yeah. from D.A. Davidson? Yep, that's the one in Great Falls. So I was working there, uh, front desk. It was a normal, calm Sunday afternoon when they had the weed convention over at the Civic Center. So all the weed <laughs> people were staying at the hotel. There was a convention. There was a convention. <laughs> and there was a lot of weed smoking there. So they were staying at the hotel, and, and this people were, were calling me from the front desk. So, like, this guy is, like, smoking, like, in the hallways in his room. Like, there's weed smoke everywhere. And I was like, oh, well, I should got to... He's in a non-smoking room. My goodness, like, gotta go handle this. So I go ask the guy. I was like, "Hey, like, uh, you should like smoke outside." Basically, he's like, "You're infringing my rights. This is medicine." And he get, like immediately went to level eleven. He's like, "I will smoke anywhere because this is medicine." And I was like, "What? Well, this is a non-smoking room. Just go outside. I'm not telling you you can't smoke. Just you know, go outside or even do it in the parking garage. It's, it's like summer. You could go do it anywhere else but here." Yeah, and then he got 
all sorts of like upset because I was like, well, if you don't stop doing it, I'm just going to have to kick you out. Um, and sort of, he, he was already on edge. Apparently he really needs that weed. because. <laughs> <laughs> so he got together all of his like weed people and they like went in front of the hotel and they what? Uh, they w- right in front, right in front of the windows, and like they all were just having a little protest of me, and like, and they were just all smoking right out in the front. Fuck and I was you, like, night guys, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, just, jeez, damn it, I'm not paid enough to deal with this. You're like right in the front, just go away. I got account receipts. So- Shut up. <laughs> Yeah, so then I was like, yeah, guys, move from the front. You're blocking people. It's a big ordeal. And um, for people, then that upset them more. So they got more of their people together. And then they were completely across the front of the hotel, even blocking the parking garage. <laughs> and so nobody could drive in and out of the parking garage because they literally had a like shoulder to shoulder like bong line. It's <laughs> probably like 20 of them out there. I was like, what in the world happened? So I was like, well... I don't like calling police, but this seems like the sort of thing that they should take care of, <laughs> not me. So I call them, and like, um, like the officer doesn't even show up, but I get a call back from like a sergeant with. And he's like, "Well, what's going on there?" I was like, "Yeah, apparently I upset them because I told them they couldn't smoke in the hotel, and now they're blocking the parking garage and the front of the hotel, and they're all smoking around in the front. Like, you need to tell them to go away." He's like, "Oh yeah, they're the weed people. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're we're not dealing with that." <laughs> It was like, really? <laughs> no, they said the weed people, we're not dealing with that. I was like, ah, oh, geez. <laughs> oh, man. So I, uh, there's nothing I can do. Great. <laughs> Eventually they'd uh, dispersed. Uh, uh, there was need to go down the block to get some Doritos or this something. This must but. be like when you hear about the riots uh, in like the bigger metropolis like towns and you... I don't know if you've ever listened to like the police scanners for those, but there's a lot of times where they'll you'll hear the dispatcher tell the police about like a report for an area and you'll hear the officer spawn back. It's like, yeah, no way. I'm no one's going down that road. <laughs> Not happening. <laughs> oh, geez. It, it was sort of like that. I guess like it was such a political polarizing issue at the time that GFPD didn't, you know, want to make the same mistakes I did as far as try to like... <laughs> Try to crack down on these people. They they, they wanted no part of that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, that guy just... Something tells me that he was probably somebody who probably like pulled that shit all the time since high school. Just like sitting in study hall, he's trying to smoke weed and just... Con- <laughs> all right, Francis, Francis go, to, go to the office. I told you no more weed, you know, and or whatever that... I can't even remember the guy's name now. I'll have to look it up. But uh, yeah, you're right. But the feds um <laughs> have a lot less humor about exactly, things and that's what I'm thinking uh, is maybe, may just maybe, uh, one of those flights that he was on where he was smoking up. Maybe he decided to smoke up during the flight, and they decided, you know, well, we're gonna reroute here, emergency landing in Idaho. <laughs> Quite a place to stop. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and, and Perfect. Get this guy off the plane. Yeah, the uh, the FBI um, or NTSB, even those guys, uh, or whoever they are. <laughs> I don't know who can who's the police on the planes. That's the NTSB, right? Or is that just getting on the plane? I don't. I didn't know there was a force. 
Yeah, I think it's Department of Homeland Security that uh, does the actual screening to get on the plane. But once you're on the plane, you're covered by... Uh, wait, and that's a safety... I don't know who's in charge up there. but it's Somebody else's jurisdiction. Yeah, I, I think that's what it will usually be. But they do arrest people on planes. So, not that going for them. Ugh. But, uh, well, moving beyond weed, we are going to expand the definition of stalking. There's a bill coming through... Uh, you know, being pushed by a Democrat from Missoula about stalking. There's, you know, sort of two bills uh, of like ilk going through here. Um, and this is one of those things uh, I want to point out that I really like how Montana you know, represents bills. Because in other places, um, y- you have bills where it'll read like Rachel's Law Stops Stalking Act or, or whatever. Uh, and the actual content of that bill may not be adequately represented by the title or sometimes even not at all it might just have an ad lib for whatever cause they want to do and a whole bunch of writers and things that nobody should should support but then you end up with politicians to vote for it because you know who's going to vote against the stop stalking or stop rape act um that looks terrible on <laughs> any voting history i think um it's gonna be hard so, to explain away come re-election time exactly so um i do enjoy how montana has formal and less zingy names uh, such as this one a bill for an act entitled an act generally revising laws related to domestic violence including stalking orders and and it goes on for another i think two sentences so uh, i i do appreciate that um but to be clear not speaking about that bill but said bills can contain undesirable things or writers that are not represented in that short name that other states use for the bill so I do, that's gaining some traction and likely will go through and um there's a domestic violence one there's also you know speaking of things that we are surprised <laughs> aren't a thing um consent to the lack thereof there's there's two bills going through on that um Prohibiting teacher sex, uh, we covered that in a previous episode, which um, I think any common sense indicates that it should have been a thing. Apparently, um, I don't know if they're saying it wasn't illegal until now, or it wasn't if they're over 16. So this prohibits that, which is, uh, I think, a good thing. And uh, another one, um, that previous was House Bill 173 for the teacher sex one, and uh, Senate Bill 261 um, that... Uh, makes relations between a jailer and a prisoner non-consensual which seems logical so i'm glad uh we're trying to make our laws you know <laughs> represent our general morality i think gosh well you know if we need to put it in writing i guess like so be it but yeah, yeah i just thought the shaking my be... head the whole time they're signing that shit into law like why is this you know not a thing and why do we need to say this i guess should be the thing because oh i guess under montana law um age of consent or majority is 16 in montana um which um is two years under 18 isn't it which is like supposed to be an adult so i think that's a little uh i i'm uncomfortable with that i think that's effed up uh, I, I'm uncomfortable with it too, but you know, kids are going to do this anyway. Um, so long as it's kids we're talking about. Um, I, I don't think I'd object to a law that says anything above 18 is, 
or below or maybe something with an age gap because if you have couples that are 17 18 i don't think that is sort of the same evil that we're talking about here but i'm talking about like 17 and your 38 year old teacher which is absolutely wrong no matter what way you look at it in my opinion regardless of sex matter which sexes we're talking about male or female so yeah this thing really is only a concern if uh you're a pedophile or if you are turning you know 18 before your girlfriend is turning 17 or something like that it's been a while since i've had to deal with anything like that back when i was 18 so uh it's just not an issue anymore but god but 16 so high school students i guess before or actually this law hasn't been enacted yet so you know your 16 year old high school student just learned to drive could have legally a consensual relationship with their teacher which is i don't think so i I think we have a stopgap somewhere on that though there's not that's this is the stopgap this is going to be the stopgap um so (laughs) um but the good news is this has passed the house it's working its way Uh, through the senate right now hurry it up (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) get it through for god's sakes 10 years ago we needed this longer yeah. than that, I guess. <laughs> oh uh, my god, when was the first case of it even? It's like it's got to be back what? in the 80s or 70s, like at least for our state. I don't know really when 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 the first like offenses were, but like yep, and uh with the other one with the uh the jail one. Um it, it does it's very specific on jailer and prisoners, but I would um like to see I mean, this one is going through. It passed the Senate. It's going to the House. It's in the first committee over there. So it's likely will pass. Um, but speaking of, you know, teachers and, and student or jailer and prisoner, um, sort of those unbalanced relationships that we have where it's pretty obvious that somebody has a position of authority and is in a, a spot to take advantage of people. So I would, you know, wishful thinking, I would like to see that expanded to even... Um, not just uh, prisoners, but also, uh, I think, probation officers and anybody that, you know, can wield an axe over anybody should be prohibited from having sex with them. So that makes sense to me, but apparently we are not there yet. Yeah, I thought that the uh, jailer-prisoner thing was already like a federal-level uh, law, but I stood correct on, on that. Stand corrected well, on that. it's against all policies, and you can be fired for it, which is good. But uh, before this law, you were um, not necessarily going to be convicted of a sex crime if you did that, which, you know... I think a lot of places still will find a way to throw that at you, though. You know, one thing I didn't find is, uh, you know, what sort of, you know, spurred this? Was there a specific case uh, that that happened here? But I am not sure, so... Um, but that definitely should be non-consensual because it's... You know, not. It's where common sense and morality are finally going to be represented in law here. Ugh, jeez. Ridiculous. Well, it's a good thing that we're finally uh, correcting our wrongs here and getting that kind of shit on the books. So, move yeah. on to uh, well, happier subjects here. Yeah, happier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... what's. Well, it's, I guess they're equal. What's happier than rape? <laughs> but that's... <laughs> Bill Maher... Um, 
John Tester finally got in on that. Uh, we discussed in the previous cast. He was scheduled and for whatever reason canceled that. And I was like, well, good. Wasn't so he kind of a dick. wasn't he going to be on the episode with Ann Coulter though originally? Yes, he he was going to be on. With and Ann that would have been perfect. Oh, it would have been so good to see him against Coulter there. But um, I don't know. Maybe he backed out because he found out Coulter was going to be there. Well, that sort of t- <laughs> ties in. I don't know if you've seen clips of it. I don't have HBO, so I can only watch what's pirated on YouTube and in their, I have to watch in it their still. clips. It's, uh, it, you, know, uh, you know, I don't really like Mar because of previous comments he's made, and he's kind of a dick. <laughs> Another thing. But he uh, made some good points, and I don't know if he was trying to jab at Tester here, because if Tester did cancel because of Ann Coulter, um, the entire monologue of uh, you know Bill's March thing is how um, Democrats uh, don't step up. For example, he even he even mentioned Ann Coulter and like had her, her picture there. The fact that Republicans will come on his show and you know talk to him about things, even though they know they're not popular and, and nobody in the audience is cheering for him. But Democrats won't even do the same. There's only I guess one Democrat that ever goes on Fox News, for example. So I don't know if he was, you know, pulling a tester there or if uh, he was just generally decided that this was the time to make that his uh, monologue and, and theme for the show. Was he, uh, is Tester the only one to go on Fox News? No, that was a complete different Democrat. Because oh. uh, Tester has been on Fox News? Uh, I, I, I kind of think, I don't remember. I, I don't think so. I don't know if they would invite him on. <laughs> no, he's, uh, you know... Too relatable. He's he he looks like their core, so I don't think he would be welcome say, there. Like, I mean, shit. Maxine Water Waters. Let's 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 bring her on. Somebody that someone looks a bit exotic. Exactly yeah. that they can like have on and be just alarmed by them being on their TV as opposed to John Tester. Uh, I'm sorry, but some dude from Kentucky and you know the backwoods of Kentucky. When he sees John Tester come up on the screen, he's not going to think he's a senator to begin with. So he's uh, looks like my uncle Cletus. <laughs> oh no, Uncle Cletus lost his thumb and pinky. Not <laughs> exactly. He's relatable. Uh, exactly. So that I don't know if he'd be welcome there, but he's certainly not going there. And so said if he pulled out because of Ann Coulter before, that was uh, you know a, a cowardly move. But I don't know if that's the case. So yeah. I don't know. He would have gotten a lot of hype if he went on there and like put like just told her off, you know. Well, I don't think he is in. He didn't do that. Basically, he was on the show and he he went through his like some talking points. His performance is very underwhelming, in my opinion. Like, I don't know what he was doing there. All these other people were just talking circles around him, and then he, you know, drops a thing. He's like, Democrats, you know, at the end of the day, we always do the right thing. And then Bill Maher interrupts. He's like, you sure about that? <laughs> and then uh, well, a standing uh, ovation. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it Bill Maher had him on to be a tester. Th- thanks for coming on the show so I could punch you in front of the audience a couple of times here. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of what it felt like. He He didn't have a big appearance there and i don't think tester offered anything that wasn't his canned you know <laughs> canned uh, appearance lines so uh, i was disappointed in his performance there um, which is 
Another reason why I don't think he should have been there. I'm going to have to check it out now. I'm, I'm really intrigued by this. I was excited when I found out that he was going to be on, but... Um, I thought he was with Ann Coulter. He was on with some other people I've, I've never heard of yeah, before. Yeah, that's the thing, so. too. When I looked at the list this time around, like it was all names I had never seen before, so... Yeah, not important. Uh, anyway, well, let's uh, go ahead and tie this up with a little bit of humor. I don't know if you heard that the uh, Bozeman, <laughs> that uh, they had... <laughs> Another... <laughs> They had a roof collapse over there due to snow. Nothing anybody could have foreseen in Bozeman ever. I think this is either the second or the third. Yeah, but according an official statement from the dean of, of Bozeman School, that it was not the engineer's fault that this happened, that their roof collapsed. Likely story. So the engineering school tries to shift blame away from engineers, even when it's their own building that's collapsing. How much do you think the architect who uh, graduated, who, you know, mocked up the designs for all that, uh, donated to the school? <laughs> That's the question. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'm going to hold off till I give a statement till I see if uh, he's done his alumni dues. Yeah. They say so. the uh, annual payments coming up here. Uh, honey, hold off on signing that one uh, just for a week or so. Let's see how this plays out. Right. Well, what if they even called up the architect? Well, we are going to give a statement on what happened uh, with that roof that you designed that collapsed. Uh, uh, but our library is looking a bit uh, sparse here. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, we just uh, had troubles finding you in our directory system here. Servers are running slow. Could use some new ones. <laughs> Yeah, of course. Whose else's fault would it be? I mean, could we not foresee snow uh, in Bozeman on a flat roof? Well, was this the flat one? I thought this was because they had uh, one of the gymnasiums collapsed in as well. They had a few collapses, and, and uh, which we had a collapse over here, but it was like a derelict old building that was a secondhand store, but closed because it was a. Uh, you know, split level already. <laughs> so we had one building collapse over here of a building that uh, probably shouldn't have been standing to begin with. <laughs> yeah, I was just na Mother Nature uh, just pushing Missoula County to uh, go forward with what needed to be done, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, the county commissioners waited. Um, um, in which we skipped one topic here. Um <laughs> Missoula, the Missoula County Commissioners are looking to restrict uh, crypto-based businesses. Of course, they do have that uh, Bitcoin farm or whatever they're doing over there in Bonner. Um, but they're concerned about electricity usage, and they are restricting any new development on that in the county. Are you concerned about that at all? Uh, I'm pretty concerned about it. It's sort of an overstretch for... For government, uh, they're citing environmental concerns and noise pollution and, and other things. Um, and the validity and the value of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is certainly up for debate. That certainly is. Apparently, these people that own this farm think it's a good investment. But um, I don't think it should be up to the county or elected officials to assign value to you know data services to say, 
we want this data service, but not that data service. Because essentially it is just a, a computer service is what it works out to be. So uh, I don't want them in that business to decide, yeah, we, yeah, we'll have a server farm here. Um, but, uh, you know, no, no videos about, uh, promoting Republicans. That's <laughs> or it's something Missoula might, uh, might say. So, uh, that I'm uncomfortable with. Yeah. And when you try and get into like that kind of restrictions on it there, you're going to, it makes it unmarketable completely. Like if you're gonna have a data center, you need to open it up for data. Well, they probably should have data there. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure. About Bitcoin mining, though, necessarily. That's. I yeah, think the that's value on, of that is, or the. <laughs> that's up to debate, but I don't think it's up to the county commissioners to decide what data services we can allow and what are valuable. Is what I'm saying. So it's. Yeah, it's an overstretch of government, and I don't know if the uh, the Bitcoin people are going to try to challenge it in court, but um, or if they have the means to. I don't know if you saw Bitcoin price is not uh, not the highest at the moment, higher than it was say three or four years I ago. I checked it actually in like a few months actually, so let me check that real quick here. Yeah, I think it was uh thirty eight hundred, which is down from its peak at like a eighteen thousand. It's gone up. It's four thousand twenty five. That dollars and one cent right now Woo! things are looking up so and of course uh this is a very uh electrical intensive business so you know maybe um they should house it with uh you know a server just run a internet cache there see if we can <laughs> have a google cache so you can stream your videos locally but i don't know if that'll make a difference for them if they diversify their business and just have some bitcoin but it's uh what they're doing with their data is, uh, I think, none of the business of the county commissioners. Pretty much just uh, how much energy they're using there. I just say that just because, from what I understand, uh, if they start racking up uh, usage there, uh, Northwestern Energy is within their right to start racking up uh, rates to compensate for that uh, jack up there that they're seeing in the area. And at that point, it's going to hit you with a local eye. Uh, little guy, you know. Yes and no, because um, talked about the Public Service Commission before. These rates are regulated, so any rate hike has to be proposed by Northwestern Energy, reviewed by the PSC. Yeah, which yeah, yeah. May or may I, not I heard that, us, but remember though, what we just talked about earlier though, they're they're really cool with each other now. Now that the chairman of the board is gone. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the only chairman of the board. I don't recognize these other guys, but <laughs> exactly. So I'm just saying, like that's to me sounds like it is cause for potential concern, just even slightly. It is a cause for concern. Another thing to consider um, is economies of scale. Electricity, obviously, having a you know a small plant such as you know coal strip, which we talked about earlier, is less efficient than you know huge natural gas plants back east. So the more energy you produce, the more efficient it is per watt or per watt hour. So that, I guess, the consistent load that you're going to get from your Bitcoin farm um, increases the demand for energy. And not only that, but there is actually a surplus of electrical energy. I mean, we're in a time when we are trying to shutter coal, such as coal strip, and that effectively has very little effect on our grid as a whole because of all the excess production we have as it is. So 
I, the sneak insufficient, and it's one of the things that the commission brought up is that they're concerned about rate hikes, but that doesn't make much sense, and I don't think it holds much water. I see. Oh, all right. Then. In my opinion, a uh, humble opinion. Um, of course, I'm not a member of the PSC uh, yet, so <laughs> <laughs> give it time. Yeah, well, I'm getting more and more of these energy issues. Uh, could represent the uh, Missoula district. Um, can't do worse than what we got now. I see. Well, I guess we'll have to see where that road takes us. Yep. Yeah, Why? completely screwed up the order here because usually we have a light-hearted zinger at the end and that was uh the bozeman story Dude, on the list here and as you were talking right. about i'm just trying to click through here to see what else i can find that's on a more positive upbeat note um let's see here uh children's museum of montana and great falls is requesting public comment uh, about their plans for the future here so um it looks like they're going to be doing a meeting on april 16th at 5.30 p.m. at the museum. Uh, you can go there, uh, make mention of what they want to do. Some asshole inevitably is going to say that they should have something set up for Fortnite for the kids, and I hope someone is there to tell that guy to sit the fuck down and shut up. <laughs> well, um, weren't they forced to move recently no, or, um, or in the near future? There was talks about that, but I have a feeling, like I don't think that was ever fully kicked off the ballot so or not the ballot but off the table of uh consideration so probably something to be mentioned in this meeting i would imagine right right because i keep on hearing about them you know being forced to move and i can't think of a better spot for no it's a really nice Um, location and they've done a lot to try to uh you know keep the place nice and with that specific type of uh you know what they're geared for they're just being a you know children's museum uh it's not like they can just pick up and move to another place with all that stuff they would need to put a lot of work into that they've got the front of an airplane in there so that would be, that would be difficult um and i i will give them kudos um i've been to the uh i don't think we have we do have a children's museum i have actually not been to the missoula's children's museum just some it's weird. I've got four kids here. Um, <laughs> we've been to the insectarium, um, which you get to touch bugs and stuff. Um, but compared to what they you have in Billings, and I haven't compared it to ours yet, um, but Helena's Great Falls Children's Museum blows Helena's Children's Museum out of the water. 100%, I think, in my opinion. Well, I'm not even going to bother with Helena then. Uh, I'm yeah, not a fan think of about the town a carousel too so. and stuff. So it's not worth driving to go there there's much more to do in the great falls children's museum uh, but they got a little stadium and it's right next to the carousel so and there's a little ice cream factory there so maybe the kids will enjoy it more or will enjoy it but there's much more to do in the great falls one i see yeah the great falls when the kids have a blast anytime uh, we take them over there so and they got a bean pit they got a front of an airplane in there the bean pit's gone Oh, they, uh, the, the airplane supposed. stays though. Oh, good, good. And then, yeah, they've good. got some medical areas up uh, in the upstairs area now. And then I'm trying to think what else they've got. They got the big Lego area. They got the uh, kitchen play area as well. So they still have the big uh, the you know, ship replica, right? Um, yeah, the ship replicas. I don't think they'll ever take that out for a while. Um, I can just imagine that was probably a pain to get placed in there. 
Can it be more difficult than uh, the cockpit of an airplane? Yeah. And that too, for that matter. Um, gosh. Yeah, because I think that they did like push that like straight in where the garage door is and they just close like, all right, move it in. That's as far as it goes. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty close to the door. Conveniently. <laughs> so they're doing great work over there. So um, when we lived in Great Falls, we frequently appreciated that. But uh, for all the parents out there, be sure to check out your local children's museum. I can't tell you what you got in Billings, uh, but definitely uh, Elena's got one, and it's worth uh, worth exploring, uh, I think, as well. Um, not the best. Make the run to Great Falls. Indeed. And then on top of that, uh, just I'm also looking at events here in Great Falls tomorrow. Uh, today, when we get this thing posted online, uh, NeighborWorks is going to be having an open house from 3.30 to 5.30. Uh, that's March 21st, a Thursday, uh, down at their location at 509 First Avenue South here in Great Falls. Uh, looks like they're going to be having some snacks, beverages, and kids' activities. They'll have a drawing for a $50 gift card to Home Depot to kick off your spring projects. So you can meet them and their people that work there and find out what they do and see if they can help you build a house. Or uh, high school. I haven't never done that program in Great Falls. I'm not sure exactly how it works. Uh, they offer a couple different programs. That's not the only one they do. They also do like a first-time home buyers class that's really good for anyone to take who's looking at buying a home for the first time. Highly recommended that uh, if you're looking to become a first-time home buyer, uh, you look into them just for information, if nothing else. Right, excellent. And with that, we've got episode 24 uh, under the wraps here. We'll go and run through our business. Indeed. Uh, you're probably already listening to this at our website, but that's going to be MontanaVoicesPodcast.com. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to us for any kind of questions or concerns, or if you'd like to be on the show as a guest, God forbid, uh, our email address is going to be MontanaVoices at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is going to be at Montana underscore voices. Our Facebook account is at Montana Voices Podcast. Twitch, I have a feeling we'll be going live this weekend with something. Uh, I'm going to probably mess around on uh, at least some sort of sandbox game, but that's going to be twitch.tv slash Montana Voices. We'll be sure to give you an update on that. And then you can find all of our episodes on YouTube by searching for the Montana Voices podcast. 